is Ironsides After Dark. Radio check. Copy. Loud and clear. Welcome to Ironsights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Iron Sides Podcast. After dark, JP in the house. JP, what is up? What is good? Uh, good to have you back, man. As usual, uh, the last couple of weeks we've had some interesting experiences, and you know we talked a little bit about Shot Show. And while you were doing that, I was kind of connecting with a few other people, and and since then we've connected with a few other people. We have so many things coming down the pipe. And during this time, uh, there you, you got invited out to do the U.S. USPSA. U.S. I always mess this up. Some USPSA event, right in the Central Valley here, over in the Oakdale area, which is like what about two hours ish east ish yeah. of of San Jose. And I was all set to go because there's a really great group of our guys that were going. They were meet up meeting up with a couple of guys or a bunch of guys over there to do some shooting and I got the fucking COVID man. (laughs) It put me down for a few days. And it was like, just, it was more annoying than anything else. It was like all achy and shit. And I had a very mild fever there for about a day and a half. It was really wild was my hip and back issues like flared up and I couldn't move. Like it was like, I was taking pain pills to knock down the pill, knock down the pain, which I don't do. I haven't Mm -hmm. done that since like the, the last acute injury I had, which was really painful. Um, but it was really wild. Like that was the worst part of it for me. Like the infl- the inflammatory response that my body was having, like was crippling me like orthopedically. So bottom line is I, it just wasn't going to be a good idea for me to get out there. I would not have had a good time. Yeah. Uh, my body was hurting and, uh, I probably would have been miserable, but, uh, I had, I heard some really good reports. Everybody was out there having fun. So I wanted to dig into that a little bit today. Cause I know you have some strong, you had some, maybe some feelings going in. I think yeah. there was maybe some preconceived notions going in. Yeah, there was for and, sure. And you came out the other side and you're like, dude, I really want to talk about this because <clears throat> I had a good time, but there's a lot of things I want to talk about. And I want to talk about it too, because I have my own take on this stuff. So, yeah. Um, well, I guess to start it off, uh, the group of people that invited us out there, uh, Jake and Zach and mm-hmm. those dudes, um, that's like their home spot. I actually live close to them, but like that's their home range. Apparently they're there like every weekend and this was like a fun match. So it was like perfect for us because one of the things we're going to talk about is USPSA has like a lot of rules that are like really just like fucking weird and random. I want to say almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them being you can't have a thigh strap and you know every person in our gang if i can either rolls concealed right. or thigh strap safari land something like that right. and like neither one of those is allowed so i basically just rolled my my uh combat rig that i normally would do my ronin with safari land and uh um i haven't really been doing that much lately but that was like against the rules but since it was a fun match they're like, yeah, just go with everything else. With but what you got. Yeah. You're going to be scored for your placing, but you actually can't like be placed in the worldwide 
picture, right? So can I time you off for a second? Yeah. So for those that don't understand or don't have any clue what USPSA is, um, it's getting wildly popular. It's becoming ever more popular. This is not a new thing. It's been around for a very long time. And uh, basically what we're talking is we're we're, we're talking um, the – a setup course where you are moving from from basically a pro, through a problem and you have to find a solution to it, if, for lack of a better term. It's almost like you have all of these props set up, all these targets set up in different places. You have to move through this course. And yeah, there's being, like boxes or X's that you have to go from A to B to C, that type of thing. And then you have multiple targets at multiple levels. You're having to basically really efficiently and effectively maneuver through this course to get hits under a certain amount or, and you're on the clock. Yeah. So it's, it's moving very, very fast. And so in that, it's not like you're shooting at five targets or shooting at multiple targets, 20 or more targets sometimes. So you're having a speed reload during the process. And with that, there's all types of different divisions Right. So you have all these different types of firearms within these divisions. So you might be working like wheel guns, right? Uh, You know, revolvers. And that's a whole different game, right? In terms of the, the, not necessarily the course, but how you manage the course, how you navigate the course, how you reload. Uh, That's, it's, it's very different. I think like the most popular ones would be like, uh, like open. That's like the full race gun, the space gun. Well, that's what I was right? getting to. So there's kind yeah. of any, there's all kinds of stuff. You can have very stock guns. There's like uh, no, uh, there's iron sights. The, you know, mm. you're limited, right? There, yeah. There's all these differences. It's almost like car racing. Like there's like. It's just like racing. But there's, at the end of the day, there's nothing stock about a stock car, right? As they yeah. say. Mm. And in some of these guns, you're looking at them, there's nothing that looks, it looks like a, like a, futuristic weapon the, the things yeah. these guys are, are bringing out there everything's tuned uh it's it's a wild looking gun it's nothing that you would typically see on the range and and it's got you know they're highly they're super snappy you know like in, in terms of their responsiveness mm. on the range everything is it's they're borderline dangerous they're you're, you're working with like hair triggers and yeah we'll you know. talk about that a little so bit. all of that kind of stuff yeah. so it's, it's kind of this really wild uh sport that people are people are into. I, I personally don't have any connection to it whatsoever. I can't get into it, but it's it's uh, become very very popular. It gives people an opportunity to kind of get together, which is get together yeah. and compete a little bit and do some different stuff, which is what you you did. So just kind of maybe painting that might not have been a very good picture, um, but if you this that, that was the gist of it though. Yeah, this stuff know. is easy to find on on Instagram yeah. or on YouTube. It's or been around forever, and like to kind of refer back to like the John Wick thing. That's like where the people who trained him like Terran tactical, they do like three gun, two gun, mm-hmm. USPSA, that kind of thing. And so that's why a lot of the stuff that you see, like he runs a 2011 in John wick three and guess what? Like the, the gun to have is for like a lot of this stuff. Sure. Right? Um, but yeah, so like there's, there's a bunch of different stuff. We just, we pretty much just put all the rules aside. Cause it was our first one. It's a quote unquote fun match. It's going out there. I have a good so time. even though it was a fun match, we, we, we put our, our scores in to know where we placed, but we didn't officially like, you know? Yep. Um, but I will say like, there's a lot of parallels in fitness, right? Right. Uh, the community, that was a thing. I thought that was really cool. Um, very hospitable for the most part. And, 
it's definitely a different mindset, a lot more easygoing. Like when we're out on the range, people are usually like nervous until they get to know everybody or like they're like very confident and we're just all super tactical and shit like that. And with these guys, it was like very easygoing. There's a huge like lady presence. There's like a lot of women. Like it wasn't like more women than men, but it was like oh, interesting. a lot more than your average range day. Okay. It, it might've been like 50, 50, 40, 60, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, really into it. And that's probably why there's a lot of like colorful guns out there. But uh, what are you saying? <laughs> no, I'm just like, I don't know. Guy, I know a lot guys, of dudes are guys usually love like shit. FDE and black and gray. It's like the same shit. Olive. That's me out there. It's That's like, me. it's like fucking purple and highlighter and all this kind of okay. shit. So, you know, I like my colors with my base plates, but I'm just saying that like, there's a lot of that going on out there. Okay. Um, so it was like really cool. It seemed very communal. So that was very positive. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like the whole layout of everything in the community, I don't really have many complaints. Everybody goes and waves like group one, two, three, four, five, okay. five stages, completely different under a timer. Okay. You get scored by like your hits. They call it like hit factor. So how many hits you get in alpha, Charlie, Mike would be like a miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many hits you get in those zones, how fast you did that in. Right. So the point is like, what's cool about it, it's almost like the CrossFit open because everybody's videoing themselves. You don't have to video yourself, but people are videoing themselves if they want to be competitive and they're scoring themselves through stages one through five. There's an iPad with every stage where mm-hmm. instantly the RO logs in your score. Okay. So and you sign it off just like CrossFit. So you see it up to date real time, you real know, time. Like yeah. somebody just logged this score in the fucking classifier today. Yeah, that keeps it. So that's very cool. Right. So cool. Like, without getting too far ahead, like, uh, like Greg was like, Hey man, I, w- I went and looked at your stats and he's like scrolling through on his phone, like all my stats and he wasn't there. He has it right there in front of him. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think that's really cool. Like we talk about with CrossFit, a unit of measurement makes things easy to, to track progress. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's very beneficial. Right. Um, but going into the stages, I want to say we shot like 200 or less rounds the whole day. Okay. So for a range day, that's a little on the light side. That's not unheard of, but it's on the light side. Right. I mean, shooting with Kyle, we shoot like a thousand rounds, yeah. <laughs> but your average guy, we shoots like 250 to right. 400 on right. like a true full range day. Right. Uh, so yeah, going into the stages, I'm lucky that I had a group of guys that wanted me there and babysat me. I could see how it could be very scary and challenging to understand everything when you first get there. If you don't have people babysitting you and they have an RO on everybody who's shooting a range officer and like, from my point of view it, and from what I've heard too, from specific ones that were around, not the one we had cause our friend was the RO there, but in other stages, like it almost seems like the RO is there like to fuck with you, like not to make you dangerous, but to like, actually, if you do anything wrong, like you're fucking out. Give me an example. Uh, I mean, obviously there's being a dumbass flagging. Somebody, so the but. biggest thing that they said to worry about, which Kyle and me had zero issues with, cause if you've been to one of our courses, you know, muzzle awareness. Yes. Is like something we always talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, muzzle awareness was a big thing. They're like, if you break the 180, the 180 being like, let's say they set up a cone on this portion of the range and this portion yeah. of the range, the muzzle has to stay on this half of the range. This is basic shit. Basic shit for like us because we're very thoughtful when we train. But apparently that's the number one thing that gets people disqualified. Interesting. Yeah. And like ROs are just in your ass, dude. Well, right. I mean, that's good. That's for safety yeah. because ultimately these rules are set for safety. But some of them are also kind of dated because Kyle and me went in there and like had no issues. 
Right. And not everybody's going to be like that. But my point is, is that like, there's a lot of things that we'll talk about that are just like they're dated. Okay. You know, like if, if you want to talk about USPSA being a benefit to the community, update it. Just like anything anybody does, if you have a training program a couple years later, it probably needs to be upgraded and updated to like what we have now, and even in terms of equipment. Okay. Right. So anyway, um, the ROs there is, is he or she is in your ass, right? And they're just, they're watching for anything wrong. Um, and my first stage, dude, I completely missed, you know, not missed. I completely didn't shoot at two out of like 16 targets because there's just so much shit going on. Three windows, three points to shoot from. And I just was like, oh shit, I guess I completely missed two silhouettes. So that was like taken off my score. So that was like a weird way to start the day already. Right. Mm-hmm. But my point is like, that's how fast, like that kind of shit happens. Like within 20 seconds, you're finished shooting 16 targets. You completely missed two and you basically are out of the running for any type for of the rest of the game yeah. or for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And so things like that matter, but that's going to go to the point of tactical versus tactical slash practical versus competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And we can go on deep, deeper into this, but basically we walked up and Kyle and me were kind of chuckling because, and this isn't something like, that's like a joke. Like this is obviously why the people we're with are good, mm-hmm. but we walked up and we're like, okay, cool. And we just started talking at the bench and like, these guys are all lined up looking at every window. If we start here, does this, you think yeah, we can get all the plates from strat- here? They're strategizing and yeah. like running the opposite side. And they're like, hmm, if we do this, if I hit this, this and this, I could come back to that. And like, doing that analytical. Like, literally they're doing that for like 10 times the amount of shooting that they're doing. They're doing that like that much more. So I, I liken this to almost like deconstructing everything, right? Like you're yeah. everything you're looking at and every move you're about to make, or, you know, every run you're about to take, you've deconstructed every piece of it. So it's very planned, mm-hmm. right? It's very, it's extraordinarily planned. Yeah. And so, and no two courses are going to be the same. Right? Yeah. And so, so from my understanding, every single USPSA match is completely different. Uh-huh. Even if it's similar, it's not the same. So you're always surprised. Okay. Um, but at the same time, are you always surprised? Because you get a long time to, you can literally sit there for f- a few hours and watch people shoot in front of you. Well, that's, that's, this is where I was just going to say. So in terms of the planning, like the advantage is to go later in the round. Yeah. We were the last group and like, I purposely went into it like, okay, so of course I wanted to do good, but I didn't expect to do great. Not because I'm not a good shooter, but because it's a whole new thing. Why would I like go into it? Think I'm going to own everybody. I've never done it before. Yeah. That's, that's a little unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. Even though Kyle took six, (laughs) he did really well. Kyle's a great shooter. Yeah. I think Kyle, it didn't surprise me. He did really well, but like, yeah, he actually did really well. I'm not um, surprised by that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like the thing is like, Jake already was like, I got us in the last group. So we'll, we'll be able to watch everybody. So you guys can, get yeah, that's, your- like, that's, that's great. Especially if you're coming into it for the first Brand time, new. you get to see Brand all new. these mistakes being made and or, like, or good things being done. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so like, we got to see all the different classes, stock okay. Glocks being ran race 2011s being ran all kinds of shit. People running like pistol caliber carbines mm-hmm. and like how they went about it. Excuse me. So all that was good information to absorb me personally. I got kind of like bored of it within five minutes. So I ended up just being a fucking idiot and reading dad jokes out of a book. Um, and You're that's no disrespect. About You're yeah. About this. Yeah. There, there's no, there was a lot of time to kill. There's a lot said. of time to kill. You know, if, if you chose to go to the last group, cause like Jake was like, I'll run you guys for all the safety shit. Cause this is home base. Right. And then we'll just chill, kick it. You can watch absorb information. Cause Jake is not only is he like on his way to being like, 
one of the best to ever do USPSA. You think at 19 year, years old, not only is he on the way, but he also takes it very seriously. You can see it in his face when he's, when he's there, you know what I mean? So like, it was kind of a joke to me, not the whole thing, but me like fucking around in between. Cause I know how competitions go. I've done competitions for everything, CrossFit, gaming, fucking basketball, all kinds of shit. So I know like in between you're strategizing, you're trying to recover mm-hmm. and I can see him taking it that seriously. Right. Um, and that's how people should take it. If they're trying to be competitive. I personally didn't want to take it that way because one of the reasons why everybody's driving me to go to this, like, is like, dude, there's a lot of thought process. There's a lot of like information process. And is there, if you're staging everything for an hour ahead of time, this is my question before. Yeah. Yeah. No, really though. That's a real question. Yeah. I look, man. I mean, exactly. If you're, if you're spending your decon, you have two hours to deconstruct it before you actually have to do it. Yeah. I don't know how practical that is for anything outside of the competition. So if doing it for competition's sake, then it makes perfect sense. But Mm -hmm. if if you're, if you're trying to, does this, and I guess this is the word, does this translate to the real life, real world in any sense of the real, the the term real world? I don't, I don't know. And it's not that it has to, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have to. That's the thing, you know, like if you're Jake, it doesn't matter. Jake's going to compete. He's a competitor. Yeah. Yeah. If you're me uh, or if you, if you would have made it, then you're trying to just dabble in everything to see what works for you. Yeah. You and me shoot on average once a week. Yeah. And everybody always tells me like, you know, Oh, are you going to do this? You're going to do that. Like, man, I wish I had the time, dude. I wish I could do more fighting honestly than shooting, Mm -hmm. but I try to make it like once a week to shoot. And you know, that would, if I shoot once a week, would that be what I do once a week? You know what I mean? So train like you're going to fight. I understand. Yeah. So like we'll get into that more, but like, um, so for Jake, like this totally makes sense. And, um, stage planning, if you want to just show up and, and get a quick day from my understanding, you can show up early in the morning, run through everything and have a good time and be out by lunch. We started after lunch and ended when the sun went down and I got to fucking shoot low light. <laughs> Nobody else really cared for that, but I was running around with my X 300 cause <laughs> I was just like, fuck you guys, dude, I'm going to get some real training. In. <laughs> it's really, it's tough. It's tough to get low light training. Dude, it's in, really so you tough, take advantage man. of it when you can. Now ranges aren't open past dusk. No. Yeah, and so. the ones that I have talked to that are open late, they're like, all right, man, you have to like 8 PM. You have to like 9 PM. And it's like, how much are you going to get in that time? You know? Well, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's a lot of range planning. So like the whole argument, like there's a lot of thought process and it's like a big part of me wants to ask them to be honest with themselves. And, and I don't have the answers. This is just my experience. But if you want to go race drag cars because it's fun and you like going fast in a straight line go race drag racers, run a three second quarter mile. If you want to fucking do rally racing, go fucking build a Subaru. Right. That's totally fine. Don't build a Subaru and say like, this is going to be a great bug out car because it can get, drive up the mountains. Cause it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's got a roll cage and it's fucking really bad gas mileage. <laughs> <laughs> My point in saying that is I feel like a lot of people are trying to justify, uh, from what I've heard, not just in our group, but I get a lot of messages about this stuff. Like, Oh shit, dude, you did USPSA. Uh, how did you feel? And I know a lot of people in our area that I'm friends with that we don't shoot with often that are just, they're getting into USPSA as a form of training but these are people running full kit and doing, you know, gear reviews and shit too. Right. Okay. Let me make sure I understand you. So what you're saying is, is people are coming to you saying they're doing USPSA 
or thinking of doing it, thinking of doing it because they think it's going to help them practically in their train for life, train for real life yeah. scenarios. And and one of those things is what we just talked about. Stage planning is okay. probably the biggest thing I've seen, not only from that day, but I knew about it because, you know, I like John Wick and I've seen three gun videos and that whole thing they talk about. If you want to be successful, you know how to stage plan the day before the day of. Sure. And so. To me, that doesn't sound like you're working on what people are, people's rationale is when they talk to me from the tactical space. Well, I wanted to do it because there's a lot of thought process. There's a lot of information processing at a, at, you know, at a high rate, like super fast. You have to respond and stuff like that. And if you ask me, uh, Kyle did less uh, stage planning than everybody else in the group, but he still did a little bit like a fair amount. He cared. He's competitive. He cared. But he also just shot good consistent the entire time. And there wasn't like a whole lot of thought process. Like he would look at it and it's like, okay, I'm left-handed. Don't flag this way. And like, you know, run the course all the way to the right from left to right. And there might be a a spot where you can't shoot from this window, but you can shoot from this minor things like that. If you have solid memory, I guess, or think about the stage planning enough, like to me there, I didn't experience a lot of thought processing. And when I did think about thought processing, like I literally was able to point and shoot and get alphas and Charlie's on each target. Well, it's not like you're being surprised, right? So it's not like you're walking into a shoot house where they've, you know, deliberately, they're deliberately trying to trick you or see what your processing time is like by putting a hostage target versus a threat target in front of you or one in front of the other. However, that, that looks where in in this case, you know, it's coming. Everybody has stage plan. And by the way, you can, not only do you know what's coming, you've seen it done X amount of times before. Yeah, you if you wanted to it. watch, you could watch. Right. Uh, and one thing real quick in your group though, it's randomized who goes first. Every single time somebody gotcha. goes first, but yeah. if you're there in group five, you've seen group one through four go hours. Sure. So my point in saying that is I've actually been to low light courses or positive ID training, mm-hmm. whether it's on my own or with people who I guess know better than me that I pay money to. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I smoked a fucking hostage because I'm running through too fast, uh, you know, with hostage targets and, mm-hmm. and standard chameleon targets. And you're just running through a course, you know, like pop, 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 fuck. You're just shooting. This guy stuff. has a hoodie on, but he actually is holding food, not a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. Thought process to me is that thought process to me is not an hour of staging which is maybe that sounds crazy, but really though, like that's, that's what I see in USPSA as versus nobody knows what this course looks like. Nobody say anything to anybody else in the group. Yeah. You're saying, you go one at a time. You're saying that would be definitely a different element of challenge. Yeah. And do for how much, you know, our group of friends shoots, this is just speaking on only our group of friends. Why, why don't we do things like that? Like I've done that with other groups, not often, but I have, and when I did shoot at Davenport with you guys, I tried to emulate that type of thing. Sure. Right. So my point is like, that's me doing positive ID. That's me doing a uh, problem solving, quick uh, thought processing. And again, what's fun about me is when I say shit, I have video of me doing it. Yeah. I, so I, I, you know, man, like I don't think there's any, look, it's a, uh, this is the way I look at it. <clears throat> I look at this type of shooting in these courses or whatever as a, as a way to get together with your friends, have a good time, you know, compete right at what, what it is that you're competing at. I don't, I don't really have any judgment against it, but to me, it's like, it's like there's, I'm not judging. It's it's, it's, look, if this makes you happy then fucking do it all day long. And it is fun. Right. Um, But to me, it's like golf. 
you know, like you're, you're sitting there, you're staring at the course, you know, the clubs you have in your bag, you're watching mm-hmm. other people play. You can see, you know, you have a caddy there. You can see how the greens are playing, right? How the, you know, how the weather's impacting things or whatever else. And you're, there's total strategy and you're out there for a few days playing the same course. And while they might move the pin around a little bit, effectively you're, you're hitting the ball down the same course. So you have yeah. lots of time to make adjustments or corrections, you know, choose one club over another, play one, you know, a ball one way this day and a, and uh, play it another, another way, another, another day. Um, if you're like in a golf tournament or whatever, but this is, it is kind of the same deal. It's just like a constant deconstruction of what you know you're going to be faced with. Yeah. Right. There is no guessing. There is no uh, surprises. It, it is what it is. And then it's, in that sense, the le- the playing field has been leveled, right? Just like, well, only you you can only use these types of guns in this particular you know division, yep. right? Or this is the course; everybody knows what the course is, and the playing level or the le- sorry, the playing field is leveled with you're, you. You you don't go based on your rank, right? You go; it's randomly chosen, uh, so to at least give that person that might be ranked a little lower time to watch people that are ranked a little bit higher go through the the course versus maybe you always get this advantage if you're the faster shooter or you just happen to be having a better day than somebody else. Yeah. It's like golf or bowling. And I have to be, to be honest, like I don't find either of those things fun or exciting. Now the fun parts for me are going, I can play golf. Like I can do it. Like, I don't really enjoy doing it. I enjoy being out there on a course with my buddies on occasion though. Like, yeah, I can see how that could be fun, but I'm terrible. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not good at it, but I'll, I'll get out there and I'll on occasion, I can't tell you the last time I went golf and it's been, it's been years. I have zero desire to do it. And here's another parallel that I'll, I'll draw to this is um, again, with leveling playing fields, having this type of competition, whenever you start to do this, it starts to get into this, the, the there starts to be a separation of the haves and the have nots here, because if you really want to be competitive at a high level, you have to, the equipment starts to get very, very expensive, yeah. right? The, obviously, the the competition starts to get greater and greater, but anybody can do it, which can be a good thing and a not so good thing. And what I mean by that is anybody can show up on any day, like you, somebody who's not really that into it, who's never tried it before, you know, is maybe not as serious as the next guy, and you can jump into a competition. So for you, that could be really cool. For yeah. the guy that's trying to be competitive, that can be really fucking annoying. Yeah. My, my, my experience with that and my parallel in drawing that is for the years that I raced multi-sport for, for a lot of those years, I was not competitive at all. And I was trying to be, but I wasn't like, I was cutting my teeth. I was learning, you know, about, I was coming in out of shape. I was coming in like not prepared for the elements, you know, or the things that were in front of me. And, you know, as I got a little bit better, I was starting to work my way from the back of the pack, if you will, into the middle and even towards the front of the pack. And for those people that were really trying to be competitive and some of the racing that I was doing, I was probably really fucking pissed them off because it's in their way. You're in my way, dude. There's no way you're winning this race and you're potentially keeping me from winning this race. Not because I'm not going to beat you, but because this is a mountain bike course. I, I have to yeah. get, get around you. Whatever it happens else. with all competitions. Yeah. So, poker and shit like that. So yeah. So I think you're going to see, you're going to have, have a little bit of that, that, um, you know, the, anybody can do it, but if you really want to be good at it, it starts to almost become like this. Well, how much money do you got? Because you're going to need to invest at a really high level, uh, potentially a, so that you can be out there practicing constantly B have the, this, these race guns or this equipment that's going to 
get give you the edge or give you the advantage when you when you know when you show up to to the to the to the to the competition and you need to be able to go to where the competition is the highest in order to be ranked to to do stuff so it starts to then be like it isn't really for everybody it is but it isn't and and so for me it's like we're not really leveling the playing field there i mean it's we've kind of we're make, giving an appearance that it is but at the end of the day it isn't really it's not really. I mean, it's all yeah, inc- it's I mean, inclusive, but at the, at the end of the day, it really isn't. Yeah, I mean, you still have to invest a lot of time and money into it. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Well, that's probably the second biggest thing, I would, I would say. Uh, second biggest reason why I'm not interested in pursuing USPSA. Um, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of things that I, I was like taking notes the whole day, not only because I wanted to talk to you about it, but also... Um, cause I think it's important for people to be thoughtful and unbiased about things like this because training, and I'll always say this is more important than your gear. We've talked about this with you and multi-sport mm-hmm. and like, even with us and cameras, dude, like mm-hmm. no matter, I have the same setup as like some of our camera crew mm-hmm. and, uh, they're better than me. Yeah. <laughs> it's skill. That's it's training. They have more talent, more skill, more hours behind the camera. It is what it is. Like yeah. if you, if you don't have the time to put in, then just, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I don't have the time to put into this for me to not be annoyed being there. Um, that doesn't mean it's good or bad, but I will say that like us being primarily into the tactical space, the prepared space. Mm-hmm. So as all of our friends, I'm not going to, like suggest USPSA for a lot of reasons and I'll continue more into this. Uh, you know, I have a bunch of people ask me about it and I'm just not going to suggest it to anybody who I think us shooting once a week is more than 90% of the world. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I w- I'm going to, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to tend to agree with just you. Fucking yeah. if, unless you have a piece of private property, you're out on. Exactly. Know, right. Time, yes. Cause we have to try really hard to do that. It's access. Yeah. I mean, so, we live in California, this place is fucking awful. When it comes yeah. To so with that being said, like if you only have once a week, that's not where I'd spend my once a week. And that goes into like the access thing. And mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with Jake and Zach. And I was like, before I even do this with you guys, I understand the value of, uh, range time there. It's like fucking $10, $20. They reload their ammo, 200 rounds reloaded, 10 or 20 bucks to get in. It's extremely affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you fucking, you had a good time. You hung out with people you see on a weekly basis. That's you, awesome. You got 200 rounds of intense training. Sure. Right. Uh, so I get all that. I told him before we even started, I said, I get all this. So don't think that like, I don't get this. Like if you don't have a range in your backyard or if you don't have Uh, friends that you're always out shooting at specific ranges with this might be the only access you have so i get that uh for like we talked about training stimuluses to have like a timer on you to have movement implemented Mm -hmm. uh to have more than one shot every two seconds Mm -hmm. that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. but it's also a slippery slope dude because i've seen a lot of bad habits yeah let's go through those because it's it's a sport right it's a sport it's a sport so Anytime you have sport, you have adaptation, right? Mm-hmm. And the adaptation is there to get the edge. So we already yes. talked sort of about the equipment piece. I don't really understand the no leg strap or thigh strap piece. Maybe we start there. Yeah, let's, right? let's start with, with the with, equipment. With some of the equipment yeah. and kind of what your takeaways were there. Um, because I think this is important to note as mm-hmm. we're going through, like, 
why are we doing certain things again? And I think it's to level the playing field, but so my understanding, and again, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know the facts about everything. My understanding is that the thigh strap rule was implemented to make it less intimidating for community and family type events. So it's for, it's, 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 it's for the optics. It's for the optics. It's so that people want to go in there with dry fit shirts that are too small and they go super fast and they have jerseys, right? That's, that looks like a sport, right? So like there's girls there and they feel comfortable with that. There's even younger people there, like teenagers, kids. And that's, you know, like Jake is, Jake uses like his family's firearms and stuff like that. You and know he wears I mean? a flannel. Yeah, he wears a flannel, but he, Jake's a different animal. But like, we shouldn't even really he's, talk about Jake with this whole thing. Yeah, he's wearing about. Wranglers and a flannel. Yeah. Right, he's not the same. Yeah, he's not normal like everybody else. But uh, yeah, so they have rules like the thigh strap, as far as I know, the thigh strap rules is purely optics. Sport, right? Gotcha. Apparently, there is a rule that they told me about that the the muzzle has to be, the muzzle in the back of the gun have to be at a certain place on the hip. If it's too low, it's not acceptable and it can't be like concealed, which is like in your back. You know what I mean? So there's actually like a sweet spot that they tell you to mount your. So I think it's like high rise um, open holsters. So no level twos, no level threes. You're not competing if you're using those. Um, And it has to be a certain height, no thigh strap. Right. And that's what we're talking about with just the holster. And quick note about that is I'm going to say from my own experience, I've sprinted up a hill with a T-Rex arms Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, I will love T-Rex arms, but my fucking Glock flew out and, it, and I used this. This is not secure. Yeah. I used the stock retention. You can adjust the retention. I just used the retention that came with it because it seemed like it was fast, but also it was holding the gun in until I ran like sprinted full speed uphill. And then the Glock flew out of my holster. With that being said, not everybody's perfect. One of our buddies that was there on the line I guess was, you know, holding a camera or something like that. He's vlogging and the RO was like, Hey, are you ready to go? And he's like, ready to shoot. And he's like, okay. And he's like, Hey, somebody take this camera. And he like lifts his arm up. And as he lifts his arm up, I guess the camera or his arm, not a hundred percent sure exactly how those transpired, but something lifted the gun out of the open holster because these holsters are made for what speed, right? right? right not right. retention. Right. And his gun just rolled out of the holster. Yeah, because once it's out of the holster, it's not going back into the hole. So the timer goes off, the gun's coming out of the holster. It doesn't go back into yeah. the holster until you're done shooting. Yeah, and there's like a whole ritual for that, right? So I'll say that next. But my point is before he did the whole, oh, they, they give you the ritual, he was like, hey, somebody take this camera. I'm about, I'm about to be up. And he was already on like the, the box, the X, yeah. to get going. And the gun just came out of his holster because guess what? We're using fast high-speed holsters. We're not using mm-hmm. level two, level three, Safari Land or whatever, whatever. brand you like. <laughs> You know what That's I mean? Thing right now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, is that like it's for speed, right? Yeah. But when you're running shit for speed, your Glock fucking falls out of your holster, which is which is ironic given how we started this conversation about the 180, the RO, and the safety the safety factor. I mean, obviously, the worst thing that could happen to to these events is for it to be unsafe, and yeah. by the very nature of some of the equipment they're using, it 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 errs on the side of unsafe right before shooting even starts dude it's it's so selective <laughs> whoever's it's coming up with these rules is like i like this and i don't like this right. let's go fast but let's not be dangerous like you know what i mean like i don't really get it and but don't wear a thigh strap 
Don't, don't wear a thigh <laughs> strap. It, dude, what's crazy about that is I did a slow-mo video of Jake drawing. He is fucking quick draw McGraw, right? Yeah, sure. And I, I sent it to him. And he's like, bro, why does my holster do that? I've never seen that. And his holster's flying to the side, like coming completely off of his leg. Muzzle of the holster, not the muzzle of the gun, is pointing to the right of him as he's pulling out. And he's like, I didn't know it moved that much. I was like, well, you're so fucking fast. We had to watch this shit in slow-mo right. to see this fucking holster look like a... Like a, a Injury waiting to happen. Right. It, it's it's a little counterintuitive. Yeah. And so, again, it's selective. It's kind of weird. Okay. So, we walk up to the line, and he's going, that happens. And he's like, oh, shit. We all kind of laugh about it. But also, I was just like, well, that's something I'm writing down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, they go through the whole ritual. Okay. Uh, when ready, draw your firearm. And I might be messing up the vernacular here. But basically... Um, you can load the firearm. And so they, they say like, you know, make sure it's clear, load a, a mag. Okay. And then rack it. Okay. Check it. Okay. Reholster, right. Something of that nature. All right. You're just loading and make ready pretty much. Okay. But like the RO is like watching you, right. Like in your ass. Um, and so when they're ready, okay, shoot ready. And then they beep and you go through all the shit. Right. And then the, the next ritual is okay. Um, now clear. Um, when clear, uh, depress the trigger. Okay, now holster. So they have to make sure, they have to check to make sure the gun's clear. And then once it's clear, you drop the slide and you depress the trigger and downrange and then you put it back in your holster. So you're downloading the weapon under the RO's instruction. Yeah, directly after the match. So what, what do you think happens when like my group of friends goes there every weekend and they know the ritual? They end up fucking racing through that because they don't want to sit there and hear all the commands. So what ends up happening is they end up being like, okay, done. And they fucking rack the slide, catch the bullet, drop the mag, show the RO, drop the slide, put it uh, back. Oh, it turns into part of the show. It turns into not only a part of the show, but if you're not just for like theatrics, but if you're into tactical training or preparedness training, you're assessing the situation after that muzzle is done firing. You have muzzle awareness. You're like kind of looking around, you're peeping the threat or whatever target you just shot at. You're collecting data, and then with a loaded weapon, you safely reholster and you watch it go back into the right. holster. Mm -hmm. That's how we do things, at least Again, all the people I've trained with. This is very counterintuitive. Very yeah. counterintuitive for all these people to do these, I guess I'd call them theatrics, but it's also not just because they want to feel cool, because I know part of it is that, but it's also because they're probably tired of hearing the RO say the same thing after every stage for the last fucking five years so what they do is they fucking rack the slide catch the bullet drop the mag all this kind of stuff and then drop the slide depress the trigger and it's all just one super fast motion it looks like a video game because it's like rehearsed over and over again and it's super fast so my question is what kind of superhuman has to draw a gun in a self-defense situation uh, this question is moot yeah yeah like it's rhetorical yeah yeah you just fucking you go in there you fucking you, you shoot you're one to three shots, by the way, which is all I, all I seen at this USPSA. And I apparently they told me it's different at all of them. Okay. But I never shot more than one to three at a time, like on one target. Like there's like one target transition, one target transition, one target transition. But there's never like, you know, all of us have a pretty good grip because when we're with Kyle, we're like fucking five, Asian, reload five, five, five yeah. but it's all keep it in the A zone. Yep. Right. And so all of us like, dude, like we feel really good doing that kind of shit, but it was almost not even challenging. I was just pointing and shooting. I didn't have perfect accuracy. I'm not going to come out here and say like I was smoking it. Kyle had outstanding accuracy. 
Um, he took a little bit more time than me. I just fucking raced through everything. Um, my point is that like the grip factor doesn't seem to get um, worked on because of the nature of the one shots or the double taps. You said worked on. Do you mean is that synonymous with being challenged? Yeah, so yeah. your grip's not really being yeah, challenged. Your grip's not being challenged. I don't think you're getting put in scenarios to where, like, if you ever watched some of these competition shooter like females, and this is not to be sexist. This is literally just talking about body mass. Sure. So if you're like the small lady, but you're shooting these things, you're doing one shot, transition, one shot, transition, one shot on a C zone, then you fucking feel great and you slow-mo the video and that muzzle's flipping straight up to the sky every shot because that's terrible grip. Right. Right. But they're not being challenged. I that, understand. You know, and like their double taps and they don't up. have to come back on the same target. Yeah. And the, their C zone double taps with fresh paint. You notice that one's on the dick, one's on the head. That's yep. a pretty wide fucking yep. grouping. So, but you get, but those are hits. Those are hits. They're scored differently. Don't get me wrong. A and C are scored differently. Like, like Jake was so much faster than everybody, but because he was getting some A's and C's instead of just all A's, it pulled him back in the ranks. He still won. But it, he wasn't like completely annihilating everybody because he went so fast and getting some C's. Like, it's like a weird balance, this hit factor thing that they have, right? So, that's a whole thing that making sure you get all A's. But if you go too slow and get A's, then you're fucked. And like, you're, again, you're gaming it, right? Because okay. you, know, you know me, anytime I do any type of firearms destruction, I'm always telling people we shoot for A box, but ultimately, if we're running and gunning, you want to chew like a hole, like a 10 inch hole in somebody. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of rationale behind that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to like do like pin needle shooting, but then also like you don't want to reward like a two foot group. Correct. You know what I mean? So it's kind of weird. Cause you can technically you can get like C hits and that's how crazy the, the grouping is. Right. Anyways, without going too far down that, um, so there's a lot of like habits with gear and things like that before we get into actual habits, like in gear that I, f I found weird, like, uh, first of all, like accelerator ramps. You ever see that with stippling? Yep. They have those with race guns, like where they put like ramps, just like external ramps and stuff like that. And again, like how usable is that in the tactical space? None of our friends was using it, but technically in the open class, they could use it. Okay. Gotcha. But like Jake being like, and such a crazy outstanding shooter. How long does it take for him to use one of those accelerator ramps? Mm -hmm. If he's, if he thinks it's going to give him any kind of an edge. Dude, right? he, he took first in the world in the qualifier that day. So as far as I know, he posted the video and on Instagram got approved, all this kind of stuff like that. Like with USPSA and like, it was like on the, the fucking iPad that he had the best score for the qual the classifier, I think is what it's called. Okay. My point is, when does he go to like that extreme? Yeah, sure. And then look at me in the face and say, yeah, I, I fucking, I can still do tactical shit. This, we're talking two very different things. I think the point you're trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like some of the gear, because it's a game, it's competitive. Why wouldn't you want the best gear if you want to be the best at something in that sport? Uh, that's, that's why you're doing it, right? I mean, yeah. that's why you're trying to compete at that level. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's just a lot of things with the gear that I don't understand. I don't agree with like, the fast mag pouches like Kyle and me were talking about S tacks are like super fucking fast. I've never had a slow S tack mag pouch, but nobody in the competition scene is running them, but you can cant them, which is pretty much what you want to do for speed. But I think cause the optics we were talking about because of the optics, like they look like a combat style mag pouch. 
they're probably not popular, but they're like affordable, reliable, fast as fuck. Got it. You know what I mean? So there's like some weird things like you're not allowed to do this or these are the belts that you have to wear. Like there was like a weird thing with, I don't even know this. The Apparently my Ronin belt wasn't up to standard. My fucking $400 belt was not okay. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of how much it costs, man. I mean, this, that particular brand and many, many brands, like there's a lot of great belts. I run a Ronin belt, so I'm maybe a little bit more biased, but I've got a couple other different belts that I also have. They're built that way for functionality. Yeah, right? tensile strength and... For a lot of reasons. You know, manipulation. weird to think that in anything in the shooting world that wouldn't be acceptable. Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> like I said, I'm everybody's like, well, I feel like you did great for your first time. I'm like, dude, I actually am so lost. I'm so lost, and I, I don't feel like it had anything to do with my shooting whatsoever. Like, did I shoot outstanding? No, but I shot, like, fucking good. I just point shot the whole time. I was getting a ton of hits. Well, you're pretty close. You're right on top of targets, right? You're yeah. Within, what, 10 yards? It, it depends. It's it, I would say the whole time it's between three yards and 15-ish yards. Okay. So you might be hitting, like, a, a plate rack. Well, you could 15. be. I mean, people argue that that is the range in which most, you know, gunfights happen in real life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. From what I've heard, too, our range that we went to is one of the smaller USPSA ranges, so that could be a thing, too. All right. So in terms of gear, there's a lot of things that, to me, seem counterintuitive to safety and reliability. Gotcha. A lot of high-speed stuff. Gotcha. Um, But, again, it all looked like sports stuff. Okay. Right? Um, And then we can go into, like, the tactics, right? So there was a lot of situations that came up where um, let's say that I approach something in a tactical way and then Jake approached it in a competitor way because he's a, he's a competitor and him and me were right in the same moment. Uh, him running me through the paces there and being like my, my babysitter basically yeah. like, Hey man, I'm showing you the ropes. And I listened, even though the kid's fucking hella young, like he knows what the fuck he's doing in this space. What he does, yeah. So like, He's basically telling me how I did or what I could have done better in each stage. I'm just absorbing it. In this one particular stage, there's like a six foot uh, wall. That's like six, six feet tall, six feet wide. Okay. And you have to engage a target left steel, two hits, and then right steel, one hit. So you got to get off the left side of the wall. You got to get two, and then you have to shift laterally to the other side, and you have to hit two there. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Behind this six-foot cover, but they put barriers on the ground, so you can only get so far outside of it. So you have to lean. You have to lean, right? So you've got a wall, and then you have a box behind the wall that you have to maneuver within that is um, significantly less distance than the six feet. Uh, not. I think it was like a just square that's right behind it six feet square but the point is if the targets are angled a certain way got you you got to do some leaning you got to reach out there yeah do something you might be doing some one foot shooting i don't know if you've ever seen that it's like competition shooting where like that seems to be pretty consistent where like somebody will just like lean over on one foot shoot and then continue what they're doing right well uh that's what jake did he ran the course and secondhand nature for him is two shots go to the right side one shot Right after that one shot, getting that hit, after leaning out extremely past cover, right. when cover is supposed to be cover. Here we go. Yep. Right? He leaned out to be fast and efficient with his time, economy of motion, went into the next box, the next X, right? Went straight into it after that one follow-up shot, right? Uh, on the opposite side of the box. So let's say he started on A side, went to B side, got the shot, walked forward after that one shot, and then 
burned down like six targets that are from left to right mm-hmm. and then finished with the fastest time of the day. Great hits. I go, I go two shots on the left side, one shot on the right side, trying to actually use cover because my breaking, mind breaking it down, bring, yeah, breaking down your steps, making sure you're not second nature yourself. for me yeah. is like lining up my body with the wall and my eyes and my muzzles see the target at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I approach it that way. So I'm a little slower than him, even though I'm still have, I have a sense of urgency. And then once I break that one shot off and I hear the ping, I go back to the opposite side of the wall to come off the X yep. and to approach from a different angle instead of just shooting down the same hallway, yep. especially when I only got one shot off with one hit. Right. I followed that up with, I think, two seconds slower than him, slower than him, excuse me, on that, that course about the same hits. And he was like, hey, dude, I just want to let you know, like, you could have been way faster if you just would have leaned forward into that last shot and continued walking forward instead of this. And I was like, dude, you're totally right in terms of speed. But now you're starting to create dangerous habits if if I ever put myself in this situation. Right. Again. So let's go. Let's walk through this because, I, you know, I think where you're going with this is going back to the same spot you'd shot from before. If you're shooting from exactly the same spot and you only had one hit, you only heard that thing one time. Yeah. Effectively, you've given away your position. And yep. when you stick yourself back out there again, if there's a threat that should be firing back at you or wants to fire back at you, whether they're from the position that you fired at or some other position that they might be in that saw you before, you definitely don't want to put yourself right back in the same yeah. in the same position. And where, you're not allowed to kneel or anything like uh, that. Like so you're going high speed. So what you're saying is, is like in your mind, like I would, I'm never going to put myself in the same X twice. You're going to get off the X. Yeah. Right. And you're going to change levels. You're going to change positions and you're going to keep I'm moving. the potential threat guessing. Yeah. Right. To where you, you are so that they have to process that. Mm-hmm. Right. On the fly versus knowing what they already know because you showed it to them. Yeah, exactly. And so like with that situation happening, he explained all that to me and we went over the videos because we record everything. Yeah. And I showed him and I told him, I agree that we both approach this the correct way for what we want out of this. Yeah. Right. Um, it took me like a two seconds longer to shift sides, get off the X and whatever. Yeah. I feel a lot better about my decision. I don't want to sound hard headed. Like I'm not going to learn anything, but I, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I don't feel like I did the wrong thing there. And I think he was right in terms of speed. Well, if, if you wanted to be faster then he was right, if you wanted yeah. to stay undead, then you're right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's all like, what's the reason you're training. Right? right. And I think, I think a big reason why we even sat down to do this today is to try and provide some feedback from people who train once a week that want to be prepared as civilians that are totally into and believe in like the tactical training and that type of thing is USPSA like something that they should be implementing. Right. And then people will argue like, well, some of the best shooters do this and do that. Well, I can argue, let's say T-Rex arms. They've had Joel Park and JJ Ricaza help Lucas with his shooting because they're like some of the best shooters to ever shoot. Right. JJ Ricaza is a, is an insane Insanely phenomenal shooter. Yeah, exactly. Right. My question is, did he run through a match with JJ Ricaza? Did he run through a match with Joel Park or did they come out to his private range and run specifically through the things he can improve on rather than, okay, make sure you're unloaded and and clear, make sure you get off the X. This is entirely different type of training. Yeah, exactly. So do I think you can learn something? Of course there's intensity, there's speed, there's accuracy, there's competition. 
do I think that there's a substantial amount of value uh, for somebody that wants to do what we want to do? I guess it depends on like what I said. Jake does it because of the cost factor, how close it is and ranges available. It's accessible. It's accessibility. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't think with all the things that I'm seeing that this is creating good habits. I think these are creating habits. Like I, I want to say that, that there's a lot of stories with like, uh, like folklores or whatever with like shooting already. That is like the, the cop that always loaded his gun with one bullet and shot one bullet at a time. And then when you actually went on duty had one bullet, cause he always gets a headshot Then he right. fucking shoots the one bullet, gets a headshot. Right. And there's more than once uh threat. Right. And so that's like some folk story or some shit like that, that I fucking heard. My point is that you create these dumbass habits, dude, because you're a stud on the range What's going to happen if you ever had to use that? Yeah. So here's a, here's another potential like disaster. So I I think this was in the '60s. Do not quote me on this. It was it was some time ago. It might have been might have been the '70s, and I believe it was here in California. And I believe it was down near sort of um, maybe like the Magic Mountain area, so like Valencia, California, kind of in that area. Uh, and this involved highway patrol officers, and <clears throat> they they there was a chase and there was like, it was like between like four and six of these officers got into a shootout with the bad guys. Right. And basically four or six of these, these officers wound up dead. They got killed in the shootout and they found under, when they did the investigation, they found empty shell casings in the officer's pockets. Yeah. And I've heard the story. Yeah. And that, the, what was happening was, is when they were on the training range, right, to save time in the day or basically to avoid having to spend time policing their brass at the end of the day, they would go through their five rounds of shooting and these guys were using revolvers at the time. These were not semi-automatic weapons. They would dump the rounds into their hands then put the, the, the rounds into their pocket before loading in the new rounds. So when they found these officers, they found that essentially what they were doing is they had defaulted to their lowest level of training in the most life threatening position they could have been in gives a fuck about dropping brass on the ground when you're in a fight for your life. In the end of the day, these guys died with empty brass in their pockets because when they were reloading their weapons, they were worried about the brass hitting the ground and having to go clean it up later subconsciously that's exactly my point and so this yeah. to your point like you're always going to default to that lowest level of of training or the training that has been comp- continually drilled into your brain over and over and over again and so if what you're saying is, is if you're continually standing on the x then that's exactly what you're going to do when the shit hits the fan you're going to stay on yeah, the x exactly I forgot about that story, but that's definitely one of those stories. That's like, okay, dude, like this is stuff that happens when you implement these, you know, training, um, methods for range only. Right. Um, now with that being said, I know that these guys are like, yeah, but like, you know, like we are good shooters. We did your guys like tactical course and this, this, and that. And it's like, really, they took like a foundation course with Kyle. So like, I'm just going to go and say they're all good shooters, but I don't think people give or recognize or realize Jake in particular, the guy that that's just like stud shooter that we shot with. 
you can tell just by knowing him, spending the day with him, this motherfucker's a shooter with or without USPSA. Agreed 100%. I spent enough time with him to know that. And like watching him shoot a rifle, he shot a rifle uh, AR a few times, but he told us that like this is his first real range day with an AR-15, dude. And he was at 50 yards plinking one sh- one shot every half second um, with his fucking rifle that maybe has a thousand rounds in it. Maybe. Yeah, I caught some video on it. It was pretty impressive. He's yeah. 19 years old too, but. Dude, this kid is like a super stud. And so I think people that know him might be led to believe, oh, USPSA did this to him. Nah, I don't think oh, so. That, I see where you're going with this. That's a really good point. And yeah. his dad actually pulled me aside and talked to me towards the end of the day because I kind of just been patting Jake on the back all day because I was like, look, man, you're a stud, dude. Like, there's no doubt about it. If I game this whole thing with my open Glock or whatever, I wouldn't have beat him. If I spent all day trying to beat him and making this competition, I wouldn't have beat him. He's that good of a shooter, no doubt. But his dad's telling me like his whole life, these achievements and these things that he's done outside with like bows and arrows and like fucking other types of weapons. This just happens to be what he's into now. Exactly. He's like, this kid is, this is his deal. This is like his reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like if you're anybody that sees him, I don't know if I'd say it's anything more than work ethic or passion that he is this good at USPSA. And I think I'd be willing to bet if we put him in like a tactical space, he'd excel at that too. Yeah, just give him enough time and he's going to be smoking everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to see people like him being like, Oh man, like first of all, like you said in the beginning of this, he doesn't even like follow the rules. Like in terms of like the apparel, he follows like the belt <laughs> gear rules. Cause he has, he to, has to be to. in the classified. So he doesn't get DQ. Like, he doesn't look like any of them. He doesn't give a fuck. He looks like a cowboy. Right. You know what I mean? Cause that's what he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I just don't, I don't want people seeing something like that and be like, I need to do that because what I've recognized from the USPSA is all they know is offense. They're just like nothing shooting back at me. I'm fucking sticking my whole body outside of cover. I have a video of me uh, slowing down and Kyle kind of jokes with me because I, I, I was forced to reload with one of the larger stages and I didn't expect the reload. And so I hid behind cover. I stepped behind cover. <laughs> yeah. On accident. It's just second nature. No, it's not it's like accident. About. It's not accident. Yeah, it's you know, it's you know, well trained. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I train. So I stepped behind cover and Kyle's like, drop to a knee. And he was like chuckling and stuff like that. But like, that's actually what I do. If I know I'm out exposed for like a second or more, I drop to a knee or I go behind cover. One, one of those things happens. And so I have me on video doing that, losing time in this right. competition. Right. Now, the opposite of that would be speed reload with my whole body hanging off the side of this right. fucking barricade so that I can like finish the steel off. Offense, attack, attack, attack is not tactics. Right. So I think like circling back to like a, bun- a bunch of people asking me how I feel about it. I think maybe people that are well-versed in tactics more so than me, um, they recognize this. And for some odd reason, it's almost like gatekeeping where they're just like, whatever, if you guys want to do USPSA, do that shit. And they just don't say nothing about it. And cause I noticed I, dude, even though I have like a good amount of followers and likes and views and all that kind of shit like that, I recognize if any of like important people like my stuff and I have, you know, some of the bigger name people liking my shit, every single post. And I post the USPSA one and a lot of these military ex military didn't give it any love. Yeah, There's, I, I hear what you're saying there. I hear where you're going there. The, 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 the people that are practiced tactics yeah. have, have, and then had to, perform under pressure and be offensive, but also be defensive at the same time. 
seen have been shot, have seen people get shot, yeah. have had to shoot people, whatever else. They're just not playing in this game, like no. it, because to them that's what it looks like. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think it, they think practical. it's a game. It's not practical because, like I said, one thing you can't deny is it's offense, 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 attack. So I think what we're looking what 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 I hear here, my takeaway is, is if you want to play the game, go play the game. You know. But just understand that that's what it is. It's games. Exactly. It's games in the end. It's a lot and there of fun. is nothing wrong with that because it's, yeah. if what you're doing is going there to have fun. But don't do it. Don't play games and expect that the games are going to make you better in or prepare you for things that aren't fun in games is what, is what I hear you saying. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I, I almost feel it's like, like it's basically like a live video game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly. There's what no consequence. Is. There's no yeah, nobody you, shooting back. And know. then yeah, and then like a lot of people that like when they dude, there was one guy and Kyle and me looked at each other like, did we just see that? And they explained the whole situation to me. Some guy was running iron sights and he ran through this whole stage until the 15 yard plate rack happened. He missed two shots on steel and was like, "App, I'm done." And he just like drops his mag, clears it, shows the RO, and they're like, "Dude, you have a whole plate rack." Right. And I was like, dude, why the fuck do you do that? And Jake's like, oh, well, if you get so many misses, it's so negative against your score. It's better to just stop shooting. Yeah, it's not, I, I don't, my brain isn't even fucking wired that way, man. Yeah. And I looked it's at just, Kyle, I, I said, I said, but training. And he's like, yeah, but the score, dude. And I, I was like, okay, but training. I can't, I can't, just yeah. can't do that. Dude. And so <sighs> you're not finishing the drill. I don't exactly. <laughs> and that's a big thing we always tell people, dude, is finish that shit out. So keep working the problem. And finish the drill. Exactly. So like, I, I feel like after going through everything, talking about everything we talked about, I think everybody knows that I'm not interested in doing this anymore with how, even with how cool the community was as a whole, how hospitable we, our group was, dude, they were outstanding more so than any other range event I've ever been to. Like they make it really hard for me not to want to go for the the price that you go to the hospitality. Everybody's like, you know, sharing drinks after the last stage and dude, it's a great time. But you got to remember it's a great time. That's what it is. It's a game. Yeah. And like for me to take all the notes I took and to like really like think, wrap my head around it over the last couple of days. Like I don't see how people think like can consciously like convince themselves. This is what I need to do to practice self-defense preparedness and, you know, tactical training. I don't know how they do it. I I don't know how, like, especially after you experience it, maybe before you experienced it, but after you experience it, I don't get how somebody can have rationale. Like, well, you don't know the situation and this is not, it's like, I don't know. I think I have a pretty good grip here in, in what I experienced and I tried. So that's the thing for the first four stages. I tried to like, not even look at the stages. So I'd be completely surprised and try to absorb the most training I could from it. Oh, interesting. The last stage, I asked Jake what he would do. He told me what he'd do. I followed him. Best stage I did out of all of them. Everything went flawlessly. Big surprise. Okay, I, I, I had a couple Charlies or whatever, but my time was was uh, comparable to all the better comp- competitors. I got hits on all of them. I followed Jake. He knew what he was doing. He staged it for me. Yep. So you game the drill. The last one, yes. Right. So that's the equivalent of going out onto the range and again, with a challenge, you know, that's set up in front of you and just running that drill and trying to game that drill the entire time, maybe putting for 20 rounds, you know, when I, when I say that, not 20 rounds, like 20 cycles to try to get that drill right. Yeah. Like over and over the reps, the, the, the setting it up, maybe even kind of putting, uh, 
you're anticipating the timer, right? There's all that stuff, which is very impractical. It just, it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't translate over into real life. And at the end of the day, again, you're gaming the drill. It's not, it's not, it's not really proving anything. It's, it's cool. It's fun. You had fun doing yeah, it. That's at the what end I'm of saying. Day, it's, it's fun. I, it was a good you. time. And so like, excuse me, obviously I think you and me are always on the same page in terms of, we do like to have fun, but when we do go to the range, we're trying to approve improve upon our skills as civilians who um, value preparedness, mm-hmm. self-defense. I, I would love to have a conversation sometime with somebody maybe that has a different take on this, right? Mm-hmm. Who who does come from that world of, again, te- maybe high level tactical training in, and has practically applied that in the real world, you know, a real world warfighter, gunfighter, mm-hmm. who also is playing in the world of, or sees value in playing in the world of uh, the USPSA outside of just playing the game, right? Like, can mm-hmm. they, are, are they drawing parallels and how are they, how are they drawing those? I would, I would love to have that. But to your point, I don't know anybody that is, I haven't come across anybody that is, um, but maybe there's gun, some people out there. In three gun, I've seen like some Navy SEAL dudes that like are in it. I don't remember some names, but I'll tell you right now, if you see their AR compared to our ARs, you know, that's not some battle weapon. Yeah, it's carbon a, fiber gaming, hand guards. They're, they're playing the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, like competition is fun, dude. Like I'll tell you all day, every day. I'll never be in the NBA, but if you put me on a basketball court, I'm willing to like die to win that game. <laughs> but this other shit, like being on the range, dude. I only have so much time in the month, in the week, There's your year. Yeah. I'm gonna use that working on things that I need to work on, right? But not bad movement patterns, because I tell you what, dude. Uh, no offense to like Taron Butler, but he's not in the best shape physically, like athletically. And that dude is a grandmaster who shreds on anybody I know mm-hmm. in um, three gun and USP PSA. So th- when people tell me, but there's movement, I'm sorry, dude, there's not that much movement. You know what I mean? I do know. Yeah, so I do know. And uh, again, it's, it's, you can see that you're not really working around a barrier. You're working around uh, a faux barrier. Yeah. You're working around a, a, a barrier you can see through it's just a frame right yeah. so there's you're not you've already picked up the target before you've actually moved yeah. outside the barrier you're not so. even assessing outside the yeah. wall like the, and that's that's why the movement piece isn't as impressive either yes you're moving forward you might be moving sideways but you know where everything is you've already calculated it it's already been run or drilled a million times you know in your head or whatever and that that isn't real life so it is a game and i hear what you're saying like if you want to play the game, go out and play the game, but let's not play the game with the intention or with the, with the idea that it helps you with, you know, the practical application of the hard skills that you're going to need in a self-defense type type situation. Or for that matter, if you have to be offensive for whatever the reason is yeah. um, in, in the real world. Yeah, I got you, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. These are things that I think I, I thought I was going to hear from you today. Again, when I look at it, I just don't get excited about it. Uh, it's boring to me. It it just is, and I'm also a guy that's bored by the NFL. Uh, I think yeah. that in a lot of it, that's all, another covered conversation for another time. But the bottom line is, is the the rules have been changed not to better the game, but to make more money, right? Yeah. And I see kind of these types of games that people play in competition. They keep changing the rules so that they can somehow make more money. It's not to drive the sport forward. It's really yeah. to make more money and, and, and provide more opportunities, you know, quote, mm-hmm. quote unquote opportunities for people to come in and spend their money and not feel 
limited in, in doing it. So to me, it's boring and I just, I can't get, I can't get behind it. It's not that I don't respect people that are great at it. Like I love Jake. Jake Rakaz is fucking, I'm, any video that guy posts, I'm like, dude, like he's fast. But at the same time, like I'm bored. So like with that being said, I've seen Jake shoot like uh, guns that aren't, you know, race guns. Sure. A stock Beretta the kid is still you know, out smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's him individually though. Right. Um, and is there a reason for JP maybe to be at these things? I, I think it's great that I went because not sound like a smart ass, but it solidified what I thought I was going to learn. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think this is data collection, right? Cause you and me, we're just always talking about how do we add value to sure. our community? Yeah, absolutely. So this is data collection. And, and like I said, the people who probably know better than me, you know, like the, the big names and the tactics trainers that are ex military, uh, they're not speaking on it. Uh, I don't know if it's cause they think we're fucking stupid. Go ahead and keep doing it. Or if they're gatekeeping, like maybe they just don't, maybe they just don't want to give it any oxygen, you yeah. know, or maybe they don't want to be that guy. If I don't, you know, like my mother always told me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all until you have to. Yeah. You know, so maybe they're, maybe that's kind of where that, but like yeah. I said, I would love to talk to somebody who might have a different take. No, on really this. though. Really? I, I would. And that, my intention is to search that out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I'll say that they were all asking me like everybody, not only the people there, but like everybody on the internet is just like, I'm going to start doing it, dude. Yeah. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, man, I'm going to let you know how I think on this podcast, <laughs> but it's, it, it almost breaks my heart that like, the group is of people so cool that I don't want to keep going. They don't. Mm. Um, Cause they are so freaking cool, dude. It makes it really hard not to want to go, but it, it's actually going to hurt my training. Like I, I'm a hundred percent confident in that. Now with that being said, as a business person, it's still healthy for me to be out there because 80% of the people shooting are running Glocks mm. and that's what I run. Yeah. And 80% of them are running some form of a base plate and stuff like that. So is it beneficial for me to go? Of course, maybe quarterly, I'm not going to spend my once a week that I get to shoot sure. uh, out there for my own personal training. And with that being said, dude, like, dude, I've only, no, I've like known Jake on Instagram for like a year or something like that, but like, I've only really known him for a month, like really considered him a friend. Yep. And because of situations and events like this, uh, I have no interest in that. I did this for data collection. Now him and me and his brother and, you know, some of the other guys are, are friends and stuff like that. But with that, I also got to see somebody who I didn't realize that I lived like I'm like neighbors with like possibly one of the best shooters up and coming shooters like that. We're going to see like he got first in the world in the classifier. Right. And uh, like, I'm, I'm saying that like, it's a hundred percent fact. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident that's what happened there. Um, my point is I've seen the guy shoot in person. I know he has a future in this and really his age and the fact that like the dude does this, like he's so passionate about it's it. It's impressive, like, man. Yeah. yeah. So like with that being said, like, so this would probably be one of the the first times with like train with purpose as a brand where I feel like really good for like giving back on something. But af- after all this, I kept thinking in my head, fucking Jake's magazines kept breaking on his 2011 mm. uh, and he mm. couldn't finish the MT drill. He was finishing it in like five, eight dude. Right. And seven seconds is the standard. Yeah. I've ran it in seven, one, right. <laughs> right. It's trying my fucking ass that's, off. That's a tough drill. So right, he, yeah. yeah. So he fucking blew the doors off my run with broken magazines that kept failing him. And I just keep thinking, he's like, fuck dude, he's just like a kid. He doesn't really have a lot of money. And he, he has a fucking, he's in USPSA. So he has a $6,000 fucking race yeah, gun yeah, yeah, and yeah. no car. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
So this is fucking hilarious, <laughs> but that's how passionate he is. I see yeah. him dry firing in his bedroom. I used to be like that before I had so much shit on my plate. You know yeah. what I mean? My point is, it's really cool, but because of this whole thing, not only did I get a bunch of data collection, but I got to fucking really spend time with yeah. somebody who I think is going to be great in the sport. In the, in, within the community. And people, yeah. people that are about firearms advocacy, you know, our two-way rights are for everybody. doesn't matter that, you know, how you're approaching it in, with regard to whether or not you're playing in the USPSA or you have these for hunting or you have them for self-defense or whatever yeah. it is community building. And there are really great people is what I hear yeah. you saying and yeah. that are up and comers that are going to shed more light on what I just said, that yeah. this is for everybody and that, Hey, maybe you're not into these other things, but maybe this is a gateway for you to come in. You know, if you're a little curious and it's, if it inspires you and inspires you to, to exercise your two way rights, get out there in the community, share time with the people in the community, bridge those gaps within the community with your neighbors, the ones that are in your neighborhood or maybe not in, in your neighborhood. Fucking do it. I, that part about it. I love it. I think it's amazing. Like yeah. I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't advocate for it more in that sense. I, so just to be clear, we're just talking about the whole, this whole crossover from a practical application perspective and the questions that you've been getting in the discussions yeah. that we've been having sort of offline and with other people as they've been reaching out and the whole purpose of this, uh, that, you know, the, the discussion today with regard to, to, you know, kind of feelings and thoughts about it. And again, hopefully this inspires more talk, more thought, yeah, exactly. more analytical and, um, uh, constructive thought process on hey, how, how can we come together or where does this, where do I use this in my training versus not use it in my training? And again, maybe there's people out there that have a different take. And if that, this inspires conversation between us and them or otherwise, uh, good. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, we're not the end all be all on this shit, but we're going to try and add value and collect some data and be objective about stuff. And I already know with some of the shit I say, like I piss people off, not intentionally, but those people challenge my, challenge my theory. And then we all grow. Right. 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 It's it's, it's healthy debate. Yeah. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's like when I did that low light thing at the very end of the day, right. I was the only person that seemed like in the entire range at 117 people, I was like low light opportunity. And I just want to fucking shred, right. Busted out my X 300 ran a stage X 300 ran perfectly. Like I fucking knew it would, I fucking manipulated it just fine. And all the people that are like, well, give me your fucking mod light. If you don't know how to use it. Well, look, dude, I have plenty of video of me running an X 300, which by the way, has a a better track record with the military and stuff like that. So like take those opportunities that I take, get it on video and you can call it training or you can call it fucking, you know, equipment or whatever it is, but then challenge our theories, dude. Yeah, let's, uh, I think that's valuable and I, that's, that's friendly competition. Right? That's what yeah. you're asking to do. You're just yeah, exactly. Friendly, friendly Cause challenge. ultimately we want to grow. If everybody's constantly, constantly in competition and innovating and training and like passing on information, yeah. the rate of growth gets much better. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's grow together and contribute together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the lesson. Dude, uh, that, that was fun. I mean, you validated some stuff, I think, uh, challenged some things, maybe piss some people off. I don't know. It, you know maybe, maybe that happened, but yeah, probably that, that was good for me. And I'm sorry I missed it. I really am. I really wish I could have been there. This fucking COVID thing was a joke. It was just annoying. Uh, so maybe next time, maybe I'll have to go over there without you one day. No, I'll be I back out there. I actually, um, 
after the whole thing, I thought about it a lot. I sat down with Mike from Gunco and I was like, dude, let's get this kid to run a Glock. So, uh, we're actually going to sponsor a Glock. Oh, for that's him. awesome. Yeah. And, uh, throw, there's hella rules. And well, then I'm definitely going again. Yeah. So am I going to go out there and shoot on a regular basis? No, but I'm going to be out there supporting Jake cause I, I fucking believe in him. Yeah. And like, if I can get him into a Glock and not broken. Yeah. Check, check out Jake Hunter on, on Instagram, man. Yeah. It's like underscore Jake Hunter underscore two nine. Okay, right. Either way he's on my page. Perfect. Yeah. Love you, Jake. Thanks for being the topic of conversation. Today. I know, man. <laughs> right, JP, He's awesome. That was fun, man. I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.